Get ready. It's time for Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated late night radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark. It's late night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On KMOX. Happy Monday evening, everyone. I know you're all still listening to the radio uh, to hear the highlights of the great Mike Shannon. And boy, what a what a tribute we've had on KMOX the last couple of days, John Hancock. It's been, uh, it's been remarkable. It kind of, kind of takes you back. Is my mic on? No. Nope. Hang on a second. All right. There okay. How's this? There you are. All right. Good. Uh, welcome back. Uh, so, you know, it was kind of reminiscent for me of the night that Jack Buck died in 2001. Uh, the Cardinals were um, playing the Angels, ironically, because the Angels are coming to town now uh, starting tomorrow. And KMOX that evening uh, went until I, I stayed up until three in the morning listening to the tributes come in. And, you know, you, you think about and baseball's big in the life of America. It's America's pastime. Uh, there are huge baseball fans in every market in this country. But there is something very unique about the Cardinal country and Cardinal baseball fans and the, the fabric that it is in our lives. My own life, I, I count the the seasons of my life through spring training starting and the season getting underway and the playoff chase in September or into the playoffs hopefully again this year and it's it's the clock of our lives is baseball to a large extent and Mike Shannon certainly a very big part of making that clock turn year after year after year season after season oh. Uh, he hit his first home run in the World Series in 1964. The Cardinals beat the Yankees in seven that year. I was seven months old when Mike Shannon went deep against the great Whitey Ford, a two-run homer in the 1964 World Series. And I remember as an eight-year-old, he began broadcasting the games in the booth with Jack Buck in 1972. He'd had his career cut short, you remember, because of a liver condition, a serious right. one. And a lot of people were you know, hopeful, but, uh, you know, worried that he may not make it through that illness. He did. And he went on to spend 50 years in the booth for the Cardinals after a storied career on the field. Yeah. And, uh, and off the field as well. I mean, he's been involved in charitable stuff throughout St. Louis who hadn't been to his restaurant and there was nothing better than late night at, uh, Shannon's, uh, you've heard from a lot of people, uh, this, this last couple of days, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you've got a story about Mike Shannon or a memory about Mike Shannon or um, maybe it was a long drive you took that, uh, you know, Mike Shannon and listening to Cardinal Baseball or a Late Night at Shannon's uh, took you through it, 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. It's going to be your turn to tell some stories about Mike Shannon. I remember being in the car. We were I don't know where we were going. I think maybe we're going to uh, visit my Aunt Bertie. Down south of Farmington, Missouri, we were driving, and my mom and my dad and me, and um, Cardinals were playing the Giants that day, and the Cardinals were, you know, having a decent season that year. I think it was 82. And um, anyway, the Cardinals' backup catcher, Glenn Brummer, was on third base, and it was a tie ball game, and Brummer stole home, and Mike Shannon's call. He was as surprised as anybody. <laughs> and I'll... I remember sitting in the backseat of that car, Brummer stealing home, and then nothing. He's saved. <laughs> I mean, and and uh, 
That was that was a remarkable call. So many memorable moments. That the, that that particular call, I, of course, I was too young for it, but yeah, I've heard it thousands of times in my life. Um, well, the, the, there was a controversy, right? Uh, well, at, they never called plate. the pitch. The home plate umpire never called the pitch, and a lot of people thought it was strike three. Uh, but he never called the pitch. And then there were people that thought even if it wasn't strike three, Brummer was still out. But the umpire, they of course, they didn't have replay back in those days. So the umpire says he's safe, he's safe, and he was safe. No doubt about it. His jersey, Brummer's jersey, is hanging up in the Cardinals Hall of Fame across the street. You know, um, sometimes working at KMOX, you have to pinch yourself. Uh, you sometimes realize you're on the greatest radio station in the world. Uh, something that uh, we both grew up listening to. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for a, a long time, we subbed in for Charlie Brennan on Fridays. Yep. And on Fridays, Mr. Shannon would call in, and we'd get to talk about uh, where what he was up to, where he was at. Uh, in the off season, he was typically hunting and fishing. Hunting and fishing. And we'd ask him exactly where he was doing that. Uh, and then uh, we would talk to him when he was with touring with the team, find out where the ball team was. But it was always fun to find out, Mike, where are you going to dinner tonight? You know, and he'd have a story about a great restaurant that he was going to. And, uh, but uh, it was one of those pinch me moments when you're, when we were on the radio together and we got to talk to Mr. Shannon. Yeah. And this station is such a part of the fabric of St. Louis. And this is a place, you know, where we come to grieve uh, in a situation like this. We've lost one of our own, Mike Shannon, a part of this station, a part of this family, a part of this community for over half a century, 60 years as a player. Before that, he was a standout athlete. Uh, at CBC High School, and just tremendous. And so many people in these tributes as they've poured in have talked about what kind of a football player Mike Shannon was, quarterback, well, uh, amazing. So I was going to save this story, but um, my father, who's passed away, would have been around the same age as, as Mike Shannon. So when he was in high school, uh, Mike Shannon was at CBC, and he was considered to be one of the greatest football players Ever. Uh, that St. Louis had ever put out. Yeah. And then he chose to go play baseball. Uh, and I remember hearing my dad always tell the stories about Mike Shannon that, you know, he was a great ball player, but he would have been an even better football player. And by all accounts, that is absolutely true. And uh, just a phenomenal athlete. Let's go to the phones. Jay is joining us. Jay, welcome to KMOX. Hi, guys. I, I love you guys all the well, time. We love, love you, Jay. But I'm going to tell you a story. All right. About Mike Shannon. Mike, I've been listening. I'm 60 years old. I've been listening to Mike. He's the soundtrack of my life. But he, I work for a hearing aid company. I'm not going to say who, but Mike was our spokesman. And about two years ago, Mike was in my office, and I have an autographed ball. And I remember meeting Mike at a bar years ago on the west end of Belleville. I'm having a hard time believing this story. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Right. And I said, Mr. Shannon, I go, I think I met you at a place called English's on the west end of Belleville. And he goes, young man, I've been in a lot of bars. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay, thank but you. For he, was so, he was so cool and just... It was late in the afternoon. He just got his hearing tested. And, again, I'm not going to because, but, he, you know, he's, I'm not going to mention the name of the company because of the, he probably charges for that now at this point. <laughs> but Mike was the greatest guy, and he signed the baseball for me. And uh, You still have it? 
I still have it. Excellent. I, I hear it today, of course, after he died. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't on my desk anymore. But well, one touched, of the most he touched fun- so many lives, Jay, and, and uh, he touched yours. And I, I thank you for sharing that story with us tonight. Thanks so much for listening. No, nope. he's unbelievable. I love it. All right. Yeah. And he did touch a lot of lives. And he I, was uh, ever present in the community. He yeah. lived, lived over on the east side. Um, but Mike was uh, just a larger than life figure, really. Totally larger than life. I um, I can one of the last Christmases uh, three or four years ago, I got a bottle of wine signed by Mike Shannon, Mike Shannon Rose or something, and it's signed by him. Did you drink it? Heck no! It sits in my uh, <laughs> house, so I can show the signature of it. It's got his photo on it. He yeah. looks so great. Um. But it's going to be fun to talk about Mike Shannon tonight, and we'd love to hear your stories at 314-436-7900. If you're outside of St. Louis, I don't know if anybody uses 1-800-NUMBERS anymore. We've got 1-800-925-1120. You know, Mike came up. He was a right fielder. He played the outfield for the Cardinals. He'd switch. He'd play a little left field. And in uh, in 1968, I think it was, uh, Roger Maris was acquired by the Cardinals. Uh, came over from the Yankees. He had set the all-time single-season home run record at that point, 61 home runs in 1961. And uh, Mike agreed to move to third base, and he had to learn third base uh, anew so that to make room for Roger Maris. And the two of them became the very best of friends, and it was so nice and special uh, that that was 1968, 30 years later, 1998, September the 8th, 1998, Mark McGuire was chasing Roger Maris's record. And we were at Bush Stadium, and the, Roger had passed away by then. But his family were all in the stands, and the, the Maris family and the Shannon family were very tight, very close. And Mike Shannon called that 60-second home run of Mark McGuire's to, to break Roger Maris's record. And you think about just the poetry of baseball, how it came full circle. And in that snapshot, 30 years, poof, uh, dissipated just like that uh, from Roger Maris being a teammate that relocated Mike Shannon to third base to Roger Maris's family celebrating the breaking of their late father's record. Let's go to the phones. Bud is joining us. Bud, you're on KMOX. Hi, sir. I was just going to tell you my quick little story. I was uh, it was old Bush Stadium, and uh, there was standing room at home only. I think it was when they were playing the Mets in the playoffs, and I was kind of walking around, and I, I went up to the level where I wasn't supposed to be, <laughs> and I walked down the hallway, and, and I seen Ozzy Smith walking by real fast, but then the next two gentlemen I seen was Red Shandies and Mike Shannon. And I asked him like I was lost where I where I was, and he was perfect gentleman to me. And, and they talked to me for a little bit before he said he was going on the air and everything. And, and they showed me back down to where I was supposed to be, but I was in somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be. And like I said, them guys were perfect gentlemen to me. And I spoke to him. I didn't ask him for no autographs. I just spoke to him like regular people. And. He was one of the nicest persons I've ever met. You know, that's such a great lesson for all of us as we live our lives. It's so easy to be a jerk sometimes, uh, especially when you're someone of the, you know, stature of Mike Shannon. Uh, he just wasn't that way, and he wasn't that way with you. He wasn't that way with anybody, and uh, appreciate that. Tom, you're on KMOX. Do we have Tom? We're uh, working at the Mighty Mox from uh, 98 to 05 and directly selling Cardinal Baseball, which was – a thrill of a lifetime. And you mentioned you knew where you were after the Angels game when Mr. Buck passed away, and I did the same thing. I went back to KMOX 
and literally just sat at my desk and listened to all the wonderful talent. That was remarkable you know, radio. Call it. Oh, it, it, it was it was incredible. And um, and I finally went home about five in the morning. Just you know, I just I wasn't sad. I was just thrilled that I had a chance to meet the legendary Mister Buck, and yeah. he he surpassed that reputation. And the same thing can be said about Mike. And and the one thing I wanted to hammer home: we all know the funny stories and the jokes and and all the memories he created with the Shannonisms. But I think his best quality was his loyalty. But to his family, his wife, Judy, for many years and a huge family, grandkids that he would have nothing went ahead of that family. And, and I watched it firsthand up at the broadcast booth. And to me, you know, for all the laughs that he gave us all, he should be mostly remembered for just being the great family guy. Tom, thanks so much. That's a great call. Appreciate it. Let's get one more in before the break here. Uh, Rich, Rich, you're on KMOX. Good evening. Hey there. How, how are you guys? Hey, I remember Mr. Shannon, um, and I, of course, like everybody else, I love the, you know, the the shows after the game when he was at his restaurant, and you could always tell. I, I can still hear his voice. You could always tell when he was getting excited about telling a story, and he get get going. He go okay, and he go yeah. okay, yeah. okay, and he would just grab your attention with that okay. I love listening because I knew he was getting excited. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's a really good observation, Rich. Thanks so much. We're going to step aside. Uh, Our sports insider who's with us every Monday when we're on the air is going to join us after the break. He's got some reminiscences of Mike Shannon. He's also our uh, NFL insider. Of course, we just had the NFL draft, Michael. Yeah, and we'll talk to him about that. We'll also continue to take your calls here at KMOX at 314-436-7900-1800-925-1120. A night all about Mike Shannon, Hancock and Kelly late night. Back after this. Hey, it's Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. We're remembering Mike Shannon. It's your turn to weigh in on Mike Shannon at KMOX here, 314-436-7900-1800-925-1120. Joining us now, as he does every week at this time, is our NFL and sports insider. He's none other than John Hancock Jr. Hello, John. How are you, sir? Hey, gentlemen, gentlemen. I'm doing good. How are you? We're doing fine. We've been remembering the uh, legacy of Mike Shannon. I know he was a big part of your life growing up, being a Cardinal fan. What are your thoughts on Mr. Shannon? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I you know would hear his voice, just reminded me of summer. I remember driving around, uh, you know, with my dad in that old uh, Grand Marquis back in the day. Um, <laughs> and Shannon, there really is. I mean, from the Shannonisms, just to you know him being the voice of the Cardinals. Um, tremendous loss for the community, uh, but thankful that, you know, we had such a great one for so long. You know, one of the things that kind of sets St. Louis sports fans, certainly St. Louis baseball fans apart is the knowledge of the game. These fans, they applaud a good play when the opponent makes it in the field. They, they understand when you move a runner along uh, from second to third with a ground out to the right side, that that's a significant event in a ball game. Most, a lot of fans don't know that. And a lot of these fans and yourself included, we're kind of taught that aspect of baseball from Mike Shannon. Absolutely. Yeah. He painted a full picture, um, you know, better than most, um, you know, definitely, you know, definitely one of a kind. Uh, they don't make them like that anymore. You could say yeah, they don't. And it's these, there's so many conversations about how the broadcasters today are so cookie cutter and yeah. you listen to one, you've heard them all. And, uh, you know, you could say many, many things about Mike Shannon, but he did not come out of a cookie cutter, that guy. And, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's part of the joy. You never knew what was going to come next. No, you didn't. And it, it made for great radio. 
Um, so, yeah, you know, and you're living in Chicago now, so you are you don't get to experience the Cardinals on a day-to-day basis like like you once did. Uh, but last night we celebrated your mother's birthday, and so I'm uh, getting ready and kind of cleaning up, and your old bedroom door was open, and I went in to close it. And uh, I looked on your on your dresser, and you had a Mike Shannon bobblehead sitting right there on your on your dresser. You remember going to that game? Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, I can't recall that specific game, but that's that's a good one to have. There it is. All right, so this Cardinal Ball Club, John, um, nine games under five hundred, ten games out of first place. Um, for a lot of people, the fire alarm is on. Um, your sentiment too soon to give up? What do you think? So I don't think it's too soon to give up, but the alarms definitely should be going off. I mean, going into this offseason, we all knew the number one issue facing this team was going to be starting pitching. Um, And, you know, we have done a lot of good moves lately uh, on the offensive side with Goldschmidt, Arenado, Sonny Contreras. But that's kind of like going to the gym and only working out your arms, doing biceps and triceps every day. You're going to you're not going to look that great if you're not hitting your legs, your chest and your back. And that's what we fail to address is the starting pitching on this team. There's a big gap between us and the top of the league. And when the offense hits a slump, um, like we're in right now, I'm confident we'll get out of that. But you end up in the situation we're in where not much is going right, and we need to do something to add some top-of-the-line arms to this rotation if we're going to get this ship back on course. Yeah, but it doesn't look like there's probably any opportunity to find those arms in the near uh, term. Uh, is, what, is it time to start looking at bringing some of the kids up from Springfield, I think I think we have to at this point. You know, we got to try something else. Uh, three starters over a five ERA. I think we got to get some of these young guns up. Uh, see what they can do in this rotation. You know, Wainwright's going to come back. I don't know how effective he'll be, but I think certainly it'll be a jolt in the arm uh, and get the clubhouse things approved in the clubhouse, which you know I don't think has been the best as of late. Well, we are gonna we are gonna get back to talking about the great Mike Shannon. We're gonna take your calls at four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty if you'd like to weigh in. But we can't let our NFL insider go uh, just a few days after the conclusion of the NFL draft in Kansas City without getting your thoughts. Uh, I was surprised. Uh, a couple of questions for you: uh, Who were the big winner uh, in the draft, and who was the big loser in the draft? In your assessment. Yeah, so I think there were a few teams that did well. Um, I thought the Arizona Cardinals did a good job. They went out. Uh, Kyler Murray, their quarterback, his biggest concern was the offensive line. They were able to trade down and get some more picks from Houston at the number three spot, moved down to the number six, took Paris Johnson Jr., a tackle out of Ohio State. I think they had a very safe draft, uh, stocked up for the future, and didn't didn't make any mistakes. Uh, the Panthers, obviously, the number one pick. They took Bryce Young. His concern is that he's not – that tall, he's 5'10", uh, big concern with quarterbacks. You know, Drew Brees obviously set the mold for you know proving you don't need to be 6-plus to have a great career, but that's there aren't too many of them there. C.J. Stroud went number two uh, to the Texans. Ohio State has not had a good history of producing NFL quarterbacks. you got Justin Fields in Chicago, but outside of that, not too much. And then Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, who had ceiling high potential but was definitely raw, uh, went to the Indianapolis Colts at number four. I think he'll be interesting to watch. He had a very low completion percentage in college, but his physical attributes are off the charts. And I think if he's able to get some more accuracy, he's going to end up being uh, hands down the best quarterback 
out of this draft. Last question before we let you go. There was so much buzz in the in the days leading up to the draft about uh, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis uh, going higher in the first round than perhaps people thought, and he sat there. He was there in Kansas City, and he was watching the yeah, yeah. picks go by, and the first pick and the 12th pick and the 20th pick, and he didn't go until the second round. Uh, did he draft about where he should have, or was he a steal for somebody? No, nah, I think he went where he should have gone. Uh, the NFL draft machine really propped him up heading into the draft. Uh, he, like Anthony Richardson, you know, he's he's a project. He's going to have a lot of work to do to really be serviceable in the NFL. And he, he's got a bit of an attitude, I don't want to say lightly. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Baker Mayfield, though, where the, you know, charisma and confidence – why are you uh, hurling such insults like that? Goodness well, you know, gracious. I, I, Will Levis, I, I, again, I don't want to put him to that level, but he's got a bit of an attitude, and you don't want that from a starting quarterback. Well, he's the insider of the NFL for the Hancock and Kelly Show and was kind enough to share some of his thoughts on Mike Shannon. John Jr., have a great evening. You guys as well. Take care. KMOX, you've heard from everybody else about Mike Shannon. We'd love to hear from you. It's your turn to call in. You're the star now. 314-436-7900-1800-925-1120. Your Mike Shannon stories after this right here on KMOX. Happy Monday evening, St. Louis, as we remember the life and legacy of Mike Shannon, such an essential voice here in St. Louis, woven into the fabric of who we are and our Cardinals. We'd love to hear from you. Your turn to weigh in on Mr. Shannon and tell your stories and memories. 314 436 7900 1 800 925 1120. A little later in the next hour, we'll play some live from Shannon's with Joe Torrey and Bob Gibson, the great Bob Gibson. They were together at uh, Mike Shannon's Steak and Seafoods over there on 7th and Market Street and uh, some years ago. And Joe Torrey was with Matt Pauley earlier this evening. Uh, with a live interview reflecting on the life of Mike Shannon. We're going to go to the phone lines, and you can call in, too, at 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Let's go to Cheryl. Cheryl, you're on KMOX. Hi. I just wanted to call with a memory of Mike because my sister and brother and I would listen to KMOX. That was our entertainment in the summer. And this one particular time, we were listening, and it was late into the night because one of those games that had went extra innings and Mike and Jack were quite happy by this time of the night. And um, they started saying there was a something going on in the stands. And Mike said he was going to go up and find out what was going on. Well, when he came back down, um, Jack asked him what was going on. And he said, well, they've arrested a Canadian woman up in the stands for pulling her top off. And Jack said, well, how do you know she was Canadian? And he said, because she was well endowed north of the border. And they both fell out laughing. And we, of course, were a little young, but we were laughing more at listening to them fall out laughing than we were even of what they had said. It was just their infectious laughs and how much fun they were having at that Evening, and that was my memory of Mike Shannon. Yeah, thanks, Cheryl. There were some hilarious moments in that booth over the years, and those two guys, 
uh, get to go. And, you know, not every game is interesting, right? There's, there's you're going to lose eleven to nothing to the Expos well, sometimes. And rain delays. Remember, rain delays yeah. could go on for hours Those and hours. And listening to the, them tell oh, stories was yeah, the and best they'd bring, part. They, they'd bring the other teams' broadcasters in and they tell stories. The rain delays were some of my favorites uh, to listen to on the air. Let's go to Tracy. Tracy, you're on KMOX. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You, um, you guys, I love your show, and you are the greatest. Huh. And um, I just wanted to – I never got the pleasure to meet Mike. But, um, I don't know, I, it's just heartbreaking. You feel like you've lost a dear family member. Isn't it true? Yeah. Yeah, like all my memories – I'm 57, so, of course, all these years. And it just takes me back to the memories, like, with my loved ones that are no longer here, listening to Mike on the radio. And just what a one-of-a-kind icon – and I just wanted to send my condolences and my love to Mike's family, friends, and all of Cardinal Nation. It's a great family. It's a close family. It's a large family. Uh, Tracy, thanks so much for that, for those thoughts. And, yeah, you know, KMOX is special. The Cardinals are special. And the, these relationships are, well, they're meaningful. They, they mean a lot to us, and they've been such a part of our lives. And this really is kind of a coming together. It's it's almost like the visitation uh, at, a, at a funeral event where we can come together and tell stories and, and remember the, the fun times. Well, this is the one place where, where we all know. I mean, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what stress you're under, you know that you can tune to KMOX and you'll hear Cardinal Baseball. And Mike Shannon was such a part of that. And, you know, Mr. Buck, of course, Mike Shannon, Joe, uh, now Tom Ackerman, Claiborne, John Rooney's John been here for Rooney, years. Uh, Ricky Horton. Uh, there's just so much of it is they become a part of our lives. Uh, let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on KMOX. Yes, sir. I'll make this quick. Years ago, I was over at Fairmont Racetrack at the Black Stallion Room, and oh, yeah. it was Saturday afternoon, and Jay Randolph Sr. and Mike were sitting right next to me. And they, I think they had a game that night. But anyway, I got up to go make my bet. Shannon walks up next to me. The teller got a wad of cash. I mean, a wad. I don't mean dollar bills. And he says, you got any tips? (laughs) 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 But anyway, that's all I got to say. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks so much, Steve. Mike Shannon loved him some ponies, man. Oh, Mike Mike had the CBC golf tournament every year. And after a while, the golf tournament got so big, they couldn't have it anymore. So they busted it up in this other thing. And they had Mike Shannon's night at the races. Right. And I went over to Mike Shannon's night at the races, and, you know, Mr. Shannon was going to work the whole room. But being the gregarious personality he was, he would get he'd get pigeonholed at a table, right? And he'd be telling a story, and everybody would be going over to talk to him. But whenever the race started, he stopped the conversation and paid attention to what was happening, and he knew exactly what was going on. He loved the pony, and by all accounts, he was pretty good. Uh, I mean, he did his homework. He picked them, and, he, you know, I think he I think he made some money out there at Fairmont Park back in the day. Good for him. You know, he came about at a time in baseball where these guys didn't make millions of dollars no. like they do now. Uh, he had six kids. I uh, heard a bunch of stories earlier today about uh, Mike. Uh, one of the stories was when Mike was a rookie, he was going down to spring training and he didn't have the money to take his whole family. So he, w- w- apparently in those days you went to spring training and you didn't get your spring training check until spring training was over with. Mm-hmm. So he went and sold all of his furniture so that he'd have the money to take his family down there. 
and goes and uh, has spring training, gets his check, comes back, and buys all new furniture for the house. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, and those teams of the 60s, you know, we remember in our, in our age, we remember the, the great 80s teams, the sure. 80 teams, 82 and 85 and 87. Certainly the 2000s with Albert Pujols. But those teams in the 60s, and the 70s was kind of a lost decade for the Cardinals. They didn't go to the playoffs once in the decade of the 1970s. But in the 60s, they, they beat the Yankees an upset win in 1964 seven games. Uh, the caller called in and wanted me to remind you how old I was when Shannon hit his home run off of Whitey Ford. I was seven months old in October of 1964. The Cardinals won the series in 64. They beat the Red Sox. In 1967, in seven games behind the pitching of Bob Gibson. And in 68, they should have beaten the Tigers. But the miserable Mickey Lolich uh, ended up. Kurt Flood slipped in center field and turned a fly ball into a triple. Uh, you can make the point that that cost us that World Series. Um, but those were some great teams. And it's kind of staggering in the last several years how many of those players we've lost. We just lost Dick Grote, the shortstop on that 64 team. He died just last week. Uh, great shortstop, an all-star shortstop for the Cardinals, won a league MVP with the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1960. And he's gone. Of course, Red Shandinst, uh, the manager of the 67 and 68 team, uh, passed away. Uh, Stan Musial was the general manager of that ball club in 1964. Is that right? And he, he's yeah. passed away. Bob Gibson, of course, gone. Lou Brock, Lou Brock. gone. Uh, very Tim McCarver. few Tim McCarver passed away. He was on all three of those ball clubs and you know, there's not many left that were here. Um, Orlando Cepeda still with us. He was, uh, he was with the Cardinals in 67. Uh, Julian Javier, a recent Cardinal hall of famer, the second baseman. He's still, he's still around, but, uh, painfully few of those great Cardinals of the 1960s are left in, in what was one of the great eras in Cardinal baseball. Cardinals were one of these franchises, Michael. They were good every 20 years there for a while. In the 40s, right. uh, they won the World Series multiple times. Nothing in the 50s. Uh -huh. 60s, three times in the World Series. Nothing in the 70s. 80s. Uh, and then, three times in the World Series. And uh, in the 90s, nothing. Yeah. yeah. I made the playoffs some. La Russa got here in 96, and we started making the playoffs. But it was the 2000s, and then the 2011, the last World Series team, uh, for these Cardinals, but um, I'm just, I don't know. It's a, it's a sad day to miss Mike Shannon. It is, and we'd love to hear your calls, 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Maybe the last time to get your stories out there for a little while. When we come back, we'll take your phone calls. Then at the top of the hour, we're going to visit with Sean Michael Lyle about uh, Mike Shannon and what happened out in L.A. yesterday. Yeah, that was really interesting. And later on in the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to play some of the live from Shannon so that uh, Joe Torrey and Bob Gibson were there. Uh, you, who who couldn't want to – who would want to miss listening to those three that guys was, tell stories? That program, after those Friday night home games uh, from Mike Shannon's restaurant, you could hear the plates clanging and the drinks being poured and the, everybody was loose, feeling pretty good. Uh, that was some of the finest radio I think this station has ever produced. And just the stories were phenomenal. He's John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. Your call's next right here at 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. We're remembering Michael Shannon. We're remembering the life and legacy of Mike Shannon, the voice of the Cardinals here at KMOX. We're taking your calls here at KMOX tonight at 314-436-7900. 1-800-925-1120. In the next hour, we'll have uh, some more reminiscing. We're going to have some 
some of the cuts from Late Night with uh, Shannon's. Uh, live at Shannon's. Live at Shannon's with uh, Joe Torrey and um, Bob, Bob Gibson. Gibson. You're going to want to tune into that. That's a great program. We go now to your calls, and Brian, you're on KMOX. Yes, good evening, gentlemen. Um, I just wanted to weigh in on this. Back in 1987, I was driving home to St. Louis from Florida. Um, I was in northern Alabama. It was dark. It was kind of uh, lonely out there, and I was flipping through the radio dial to listen, find something to listen to. And what to my wondering ears should appear but Mike Shannon's voice. I said, my gosh, that was Mike Shannon. So I turned it back, and uh, Shannon and Jack Buck, and it was on the Cardinals network, and this was 87. The pennant race was on. The Cardinals were playing the Cincinnati Reds, and I listened to it for the entire time that the game was on, about two hours, and it was like I had two old friends who were telling me what was going on in the game. And by the time I, you know, the game was over with and so forth, I was into West Tennessee and not terribly far from home. And that was just a great, great thing. I was just, again, in the middle of nowhere and flipped the radio dial and I get Mike Shannon and Jack Buck. And it was like I had two very good friends telling me exactly what was going on. It was very reassuring and very comforting and very pleasurable altogether. Just wanted to let you know that. Hey, thanks, Brian. That's a great uh, memory for me, too. I you know, back in my younger days, Michael, I ran for statewide office twice. Right. And so my travels would take me to Joplin or St. Joseph, or I'd be up in Hannibal or down in Kennett, Missouri in the boot heel uh, for a political event, and I'd get in the car and, and drive home at night. Right. And this was night after night after night campaigning. And sometimes my wife would be with me. Sometimes I'd have a, a you know, a staff member. A lot of times it was just me. Because, you know, I was running for secretary of state. Nobody cares. Right. And so, but I would look so forward. I'd be at the political event. I'd be eating the chicken. I'd, you know, work <laughs> the tables, give my little three-minute speech. And I couldn't wait to get in the car and turn the radio on. And yeah. cable X at night, you can get it everywhere. Right. And, of course, the Cardinal Network, there are stations. And I got really adept at knowing what station carried the Cardinals in Cape or what station carried the Cardinals down in Joplin. And uh, and I would go, I'd get in, start that uh, Oldsmobile. Uh, what did I have? It was a, a Cutlass Sierra, and I'd start that Cutlass Sierra. I think it was a bag of bolts, man. And uh, <laughs> but I'd, I'd, I'd go to eleven twenty or whatever the affiliate was, and I like Brian, our caller. I would listen to the entire right. game driving home, and there's nothing better than having that ball game on in the car on these long, lonely drives. And uh, those memories, I'd forgotten until the caller, but I that was a big part of my life in 1992 and 1996. There were many a uh, sleepless night when I was a youngster um, where, you know, we didn't have TVs in our bedrooms and stuff and couldn't fall asleep. Your parents didn't want you up because you had school in the morning. Well, I always loved it when the ball team Transistor. was on the West Coast. Transistor radio, buddy. And I had an alarm clock radio. Oh, an you alarm could, clock radio. You're you young. Could I hit, keep forgetting how young you You were. could hit the uh, sleep button on the alarm clock radio, and it would play KMOX for 59 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and typically I would fall asleep unless the Cardinals were on the West Coast. Yes. And then I would be into it, listening to Jack and Mike tell uh, the stories, and then sometimes they'd have some of the other broadcasters come in. And I can think of many a night in my life that I'd go and hit that sleep button for another 59 minutes because I, I didn't in, fall asleep. I was in bed the night that Lou Brock stole his 893rd base, breaking Ty Cobb's record. They were in San Diego, uh -huh. West Coast game. And Jack uh, and Mike had the call 
uh, for that one, and I did have my little transistor. And the thing about those transistor radios, you had to keep adjusting the dial because they would right. kind of go zzz, yeah. in and out, you know, and you'd have to kind of scoot it over there. And uh, <laughs> But I, I got to hear Lou Brock stealing second. I think he stole second and third, if memory serves correctly, in that ball game in San Diego. And I was laying in bed there, a little guy, and, and there it was. Yeah, well, it's uh, such great memories listening to Cardinal Baseball and Mike Shannon. You know, it's been hard the last couple of years. Of course, it's great to listen to Mike, uh, John Rooney, and Ricky Horton and, and the group. But it's been different without Mr. Shannon oh, in the booth well, the last the, couple of years. The last several years. You know, he wasn't doing road games the last several years. Uh, so it was just the home ball games where we had Mike Shannon in the booth. And what a treasure. And I remember thinking uh, that last, see, last, I guess it was last year. Uh, or the year before, I can't remember his final season in the booth. It was last year or the year before? Year before, yeah. It was the year before. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, treasure this time. Yeah. Uh, because just treasure this time because we're not going to see the likes of this ever again uh, on, the, on the voice of St. Louis. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, uh, there's a description that people use of, uh, of folks. Uh, they say a, a guy's a... A, a guy's guy. Yeah. Oh, Mike yeah. Shannon was a guy's guy. He was, he guy's was guy. hunting. He was fishing. He was gambling. I mean, I, I met him a couple of times. He didn't know who I was. Of course, I knew who he was. Yeah. Oh, there, big boy. How are you? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And he'd be moving on. Just a guy's guy. He was. Yeah, I, I met him a few times. I certainly did not claim to know him well. Uh, but, I'm you know, my, my world is politics. And so... We had an event in I was probably 1992 or three, um, and George W. Bush was in town, uh-huh. and um, Jack Buck and Mike Shannon both had made arrangements to they wanted to meet the president, uh-huh. and so um, and it was my job to work them get him the, there, you get him through the crowd to get up to to see the president, and I got to tell you, I mean, and I love George W. Bush. All right, and not George. It was George Herbert Walker Bush. I correct myself. Right. And uh, but I got to tell you, in that room at that time in St. Louis, Mike Shannon and Jack Buck were more popular. We got to step aside. Sean Michael Lyle is next. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX.